if you have found verse 42 of Acts chapter 13, look with me there and let's begin reading this morning. As I said, beginning with verse 42. The word of the Lord says this, it says, As they went out, the people begged these things, that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord, but with jealousy, they began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed, and the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. And we'll end right there, and may God add a blessing to the reading of His precious and holy word. Would you take a moment with me this morning, and let's just ask Him to speak to us together. Father, we thank You for the opportunity to come into Your house this morning and to hear Your Word. I thank You for the privilege to teach it this morning, God. And I pray that in these few moments that we have together, You will speak to us, that You will guide us and direct us, that You will, that you will help us to respond to this Word. Lord, let this Word be in us this morning and let it begin with me. It's in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray and ask all of these things. Amen. And amen. Responding to the Word. We've just read this passage of Scripture here in Acts chapter 13, and as you can probably tell, we're a little bit past where we left off last week with verses 1 through 4. When we ended last week, the church in Antioch was, was listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit. They were being led, they were being directed by the Spirit to set apart Paul and Barnabas for ministry. And not only were they to set them apart, but they were to send them out. If you remember last week we talked about that and that they were a mobilizing church. They were a church that was accomplishing something. They were listening for the voice of the Lord and they were determined to do what He told them to do. How we respond to the Word of God makes all the difference in life. I talked about that a little bit this past Wednesday night as we met for Bible study. Some of us, and I've said this just a few weeks ago on Sunday morning, some of us just simply don't know what the Scriptures say. We don't know the power that is available to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't understand and we're living beneath our privileges. Many of us don't really believe that the Bible speaks to us today, that it's a relevant book. And as I talked Wednesday night, I talked about how whatever situation you're going through, whether it's a financial problem that you're facing, a physical need that you have in your life, a spiritual need, or if you just need God to give you direction and guidance about a particular area of your life, I guarantee you, if you'll take the time to read His Word, to study what it has to say, there is something in there that will speak to your situation, that will speak to your life, that will give you the direction that you need for that situation that you're facing. Many people just think that the, the Bible is just an old history book. We look at it as something that was written 
thousands of years ago and it doesn't apply today, but it does. God's Word is relevant and it's living. And many of us really just don't believe that this Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, as it says in Psalm 119. Last week we examined that church in Antioch, the mobilizing church, that they were accomplishing something. They set apart Paul and Barnabas. They sent them out. Today we will see how the people who are now being preached to, the ones that Paul and Barnabas were sent to, we'll see how they respond to the Word of the Lord. If you were to go back in this passage of Scripture and read, you would find out that this is the second meeting that we just read about today. There's always already been one meeting to take place. Paul and Barnabas have already preached the gospel to this, this mixed crowd one time. And I say mixed because there were, they, they were meeting in a synagogue. There were Jews that were there. There were Gentiles that were there. They all heard the word of the Lord. And let's look at this scripture again, beginning with verse 42, and let's notice a few things together this morning. The first thing that I notice in verse 42, it says, as they went out. Now scripture is explaining to you that they're leaving the first meeting. They're leaving this first uh, 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 church service, I guess you could say, that they were a part of. And as they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. As I look at this passage of Scripture this morning, the first thing that I see is this, this hodgepodge of people, this, this um, meeting that is taking place in the synagogue. The people who were there hungered for God's Word. They hungered for God's Word. The Gentiles, Scripture says, the Jews that were there and heard and responded to the Gospel, they begged to have the Word of God preached to them again. It says on the following Sabbath, they were excited that they would have the opportunity to once again return and to hear what the, 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 the disciples of Jesus, these apostles, Paul and Barnabas, what they would teach them about this gospel that they knew very little about. Let me ask you this morning, have you ever been hungry? I mean, we say that all the time. Man, I could eat a horse. Man, I'm just I'm hungry. I am about to starve. And I'm, I'm sure some of you have said it before, but have you ever really been hungry? Have you ever known what it was like to have to go without food? Or maybe you chose, you were t partaking of a fast, and, and you, you really experienced hunger. I looked for a definition of hunger, and this is one of the best ones I could find. It, it came across this way. It says, having a desire, craving, or a need for food. Lacking needful or desirable elements. We all know this morning that world hunger is a problem. It's a huge problem in this world we live in. And I'm thankful that there are churches and I'm thankful that there are other organizations that are committed to trying to combat that growing problem because it is a growing problem. Even here within our own country, hunger is a real issue for many people. But I want you to, to follow me here this morning. <clears throat> Our churches should be a place that is developing a culture, an attitude of hungry people. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? People who are craving, needing those desirable elements that we heard in that definition, the Word of God. Hunger for His Word, craving for His wisdom and His instruction Psalm 42 and verse 2 says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before Him? 
If you study scripture, particularly in, in the book of Psalms, there, there is many instances and references to this thirsting of the soul, this hunger of the soul, a craving, a need for God, an understanding and a recognition that without Him you have no guidance, you have no wisdom, you have no direction. Our churches today, are they cultivating that within people? Are they, are they leading you to a realization that we need a thirst and a hunger for the Word of God as we've never had before? Because without that, without that leading, without the, the, the wisdom of the Scriptures, without the, the wisdom of our Lord, we don't have that lamp unto our feet, that light unto our path, that clear-cut direction and purpose and meaning. The Word of God promises that those who are hungry for God and His Word will be satisfied. On Wednesday nights right now, we're talking about the, the Beatitudes and how they relate to servanthood, being a, a servant in the world that we live in. And this past Wednesday evening, we read this passage of Scripture found in Matthew 5 and verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. If you have a hunger and a thirst for the things of God, the Word of the Lord says you shall be satisfied. If you crave Him, if you need His direction, if you need His wisdom, if you need knowledge and understanding, the Word of God says that will happen in your life. If you have your Bibles, take them and turn over with me to the Gospel of John, just a few pages back from the book of Acts. And let's look this morning at John chapter 4, and I want to read just a few verses in John chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. You've all heard the story of the woman at the well, the Samaritan, the Samaritan woman who Jesus encountered one day at the well. And beginning with verse 7, here's what the Scripture teaches. It says, A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. The woman said to Him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it Himself and as did His sons and His livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. And the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Living water. Are you thirsty this morning? Are you craving the word of the Lord, the things of God, The Word says this morning that if you crave that instruction, if you, if you need that understanding, if you need that guidance and wisdom, that you will be satisfied. Our churches should be cultivating that within people, that attitude of hunger. First century church in Antioch obeyed God. They sent out Paul and Barnabas. People heard the gospel and they were hungry for it. They left that first church meeting, that first uh, gathering in the synagogue saying, 
Dear Lord, when do we get to hear this again? This glorious news, this wonderful gospel. Are you hungry this morning? The second thing that I notice in the Scriptures in Acts chapter 13 is that they heard God's Word. Well, obviously they were hungry for it. They had already heard it. What do you mean they heard God's Word? Well, let's look at verse 44 and see what it has to say. The Scripture says, The next Sabbath almost the whole city gathered to hear the Word of the Lord. How incredible is that to think about? The whole city almost came together to hear the Scriptures being taught. They, they, they wanted to hear what the Gospel had to say to them. When people hear and respond to the Word of the Lord, things begin to happen. A plan is put into motion by God Himself. People begin to get excited about what's taking place, what's happening, this Word that's being taught to them because they had the opportunity to hear and respond to that Word. Notice with me verse 43 in Scripture. Verse 43 has this to say. It says... <clears throat> After the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. What happened after that first meeting? They followed Paul and Barnabas. They said, we didn't get enough of it. We, we need to hear more of what this gospel has to say. We need to learn more about these scriptures, these, these things that you're revealing to us. They wanted to hear more. They were hungry, as we just talked about. Obviously, that second meeting was bigger than the first because Scripture says that almost the entire town came together to hear what Paul and Barnabas had to say. What's the significance of that? Those who were in attendance at that first meeting, those who had heard the gospel preached that first time, they started talking. They started uh, creating a buzz in the community. They started saying, man, you should have heard what I heard at synagogue last week. Man, you should have heard what, what Paul and Barnabas came and taught us from the, from the, from the Scriptures, with the, these things that they had to say about this man called Jesus. They started talking. You know, maybe we'd do well to do some of that talking today. Oh, not the kind that so many people from churches, of course, none from, from Harvest this morning, but I, I know you've heard the old adage that a lot of people leave church on Sundays and they go home and they have the preacher for lunch. Now, now so far in my time here, I haven't gotten the feeling that that was the case. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for some people who have shown me some great love and kindness and support. But there are people, I've experienced it in my ministry, who they'd rather talk about the preacher than talk about what the gospel has to say. They'd rather talk about the leadership in the church than to, to think about the, the meaning of, of, of Sunday morning's message and the implications that it has for our lives as Christians. These hearers of the Word left that first meeting and they began to talk. Maybe they picked up the phone and they said, Hey, listen, I went to synagogue today. This dude named Paul and this other cat named Barnabas, they showed up and they started telling us some things that they just blew our minds. You've got to come. You've got to hear this gospel, this good news. We've got to go back to the house of the Lord. We've got to hear this word again. Only the second time they were, they were bringing more people with them. They grabbed their friends. They grabbed their neighbors. They maybe stopped by their mom and dad's house and they said, you've got to come to church with me. You've got to hear this word of the Lord. 
That's what hearing and understanding the gospel will do in our lives. It will create a buzz. It will create an excitement around us and around church and around the things of God. And people will desire that same joy that we have, that same excitement that we have. And they will come. It will create a hunger. It will create a thirst. I ask you this morning, have you heard God's Word? Have you really heard God's Word? Are you excited about God's Word? Are you excited about telling a neighbor or telling a friend or a family member about what God's Word says for their life, for their situation that they're going through? You know, you can, you can hear something and not really hear it. You hear what I'm saying this morning. You, you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth, but do you truly hear and understand? Are you really listening to this gospel, this message from God's Word? Listen to the Word. Heed, understand, hunger for this Word. Let it create excitement within you. And that excitement will begin to overflow into the lives of people around you. They heard God's Word. They hungered for God's Word. But the final thing that I see in Scripture this morning is that they heeded God's Word. They heeded God's Word. Look with me at verse 49. It says, And the Word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. The Word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. When people hunger for and hear God's Word, they will heed it. Matthew Henry said concerning this passage of Scripture that when they believed, they did what they could to spread the knowledge of Christ and His gospel among their neighbors. Those new converts were themselves ready to communicate to others which they were so full, that which they were so full of themselves. The Lord gave the Word, and then great was the company of those who published it. Psalm 68 and verse 11. Those that have become acquainted with, acquainted with Christ will do what they can to bring others acquainted with Him. Does this describe the church today? Are we hoarding this gospel? Are we doing what we can to keep it only within the walls of this building? Or are we heeding God's Word? Matthew 28 and verses 18 through 20 says this, and Jesus came and spake, spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Is that who we are? Is this what we're doing? Are we going everywhere? Are we baptizing? Are we teaching? Are we spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ? So I ask you this morning, have you... I'm not asking this to the entire congregation at large. I'm asking you as an individual... I'm asking Kevin and I'm asking Miss Vicky and I'm asking Miss Pearl and I'm asking Pat and I'm asking Mr. Ed, have you responded 
to the gospel? Have you responded to this word that is for you personally? Have you accepted the invitation of the gospel? Have you accepted His blood, His sacrifice that is for you and for your life personally? Are you hungry for that word? Are you letting it create an excitement within you? Have you truly heard it? Have you understood it? Are you allowing it to influence you and, 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 and in turn influence other people around you? Are you heeding God's Word? Are you a missional Christian? Is this a missional, a mobilizing church? Are we going? Are we teaching the Gospel to those who haven't heard? This is the Word of the Lord. Hear it. Hunger for it. And heed it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for the opportunity to be in Your house today and to hear this Word from You. Help us to respond to the Gospel this morning, to respond to the call of these Scriptures. That Lord, first and foremost, we must have a hunger for Your Word. That we must have a desire to hear it taught. A willingness to spend time reading it passion for your instruction. This Word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, and we need that in this life. We need your guidance, Father. We need your direction. Impress upon our hearts today the need for your Word, the need to hunger for your Word, a craving for the things of God. Father, this morning, may we be people who truly hear Your Word. Who truly understand what we have been given, what we have been taught. And as a result of it, we're going to start sharing it with other people. We're going to start calling that friend, calling that neighbor and saying, Hey, listen, you've got to come hear this. You've got to come understand this Gospel and what it can do for you and how it can change your life. Father, may we be people who heed Your Word. A church that is passionate about other people. A church that is mobilizing, that is accomplishing something for the Kingdom of God. May we be concerned with the message of Matthew 28 going everywhere beginning right here with this community that you've placed us in, with the people who are directly around us, people who are concerned about, about supporting other works and other missions, people who are teaching, that are, are, are seeing new converts come to the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you for this word this morning. May it be in us. May it change us. May we apply it to our lives individually and collectively as the church. Let it begin with me this morning, God. Let this word be in my heart. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.